Welcome to Timeline Scavengers, the podcast specifically designed to last forever. I'm Colin Parker, one of your hosts. And I'm James Anderson, one of your other hosts. On this show, we're going through the MCU in historical order, scene by scene or day by day until the end of time. That's right, James. And today we have a guest. Mark, tell me why your name in Zoom is please state the nature of the medical emergency. <laughs> so uh, I told you to come up. So there's you, you did. You, you, you put me on right away. Organic right. and natural. Yes, absolutely. Um, so uh, basically, there's so there's a character in this episode who is not solid, uh-huh. and of course, my mind went directly to the holographic doctor from Star Trek Voyager, played by Robert mm-hmm. Picardo, whose autograph I have in my bedroom. Um, you didn't need to know it was in my bedroom. I have his autograph. <laughs> um, well, maybe I do if I want to do some sort of elaborate heist. <laughs> right. That's right. Well, like uh, a Goldfinger parody. Um, and he would always say that whenever you would mm. turn him on, he would automatically say, please state the nature I have a question. of the medical emergency. I have a question. Yes. When you say turn him on. <laughs> okay. That Okay. Yep. You got yep. Your silence says everything. That's got right. it. Thank you. That's right. I will say, I now this is an audio format, but I've just made a realization that we are, um, I think what a lot of people would assume a podcast does look like, which uh-huh. is uh, three white gentlemen with beards and uh, glasses uh-huh. uh, and thank a lot you, of you. like inside baseball kind of, uh, you know, inside 1940s baseball references. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, well, I, thank you for that. I'm so glad that we immediately got it uh, yeah. under control. Because as much as you were like, it'll come up, I was like, I'm worried that I will accidentally like not talk about Because, you know, we, we put a, uh, what's it called? Like, you know, we, we, we put up the summary, but, you know, sometimes little details get dropped sure. out. And I was like, if I don't know what it is, what if I just totally skip over the thing? So I was like, I'm going to, I'm just going to yeah. make it our opening bit. So thanks for being the opening bit. I did have a question that I wanted to ask at the top of the show. Uh, it's actually in my notes. And of course I've, you know, because I was looking at the zoom call, I wasn't looking at it. And we don't normally do this, uh, with, or we haven't so far with this show, but I thought about it today actually, which is, I know we've talked about your Marvel history, uh, in previous episodes or in a previous episode. Uh, but it's been a hot minute. Uh, so I wanted a quick reminder, uh, at least for myself here, of were you like aware of Agent Carter back when it happened, or have you basically just watched this one episode because of doing this show? Because everyone comes into this show specifically, and I don't mean Timeline Scavengers, I mean Agent Carter. They come into it with such vastly different experiences. Right. Um, so I'm just sort of curious what your Agent Carter life is like. I was really excited when I first heard that this was coming on because um, I mean, I, I watched it. I watched both seasons when, when they aired, mm. I was uh, rapidly consuming all of the content Marvel was putting out. I, I don't as much anymore. I, I still, I get to it all. I just, it's coming so fast now. <laughs> and there's, there's so much yeah. of it now that I, 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 mm-hmm. I don't keep up like I used to, but yeah. Um, I loved Agent Carter, and I'm glad that you brought, you you brought this up because I think it's the great lost Marvel show. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That I, when I was looking at it, when I was scrolling on Disney Plus. I forgot how few episodes there really were. 
Yeah. And I think it was a it, it wasn't ultimately successful. I guess I mean just ratings wise, I guess because of time time slot switching and yeah. maybe the character was a little too niche for wider audiences or I, I don't know. Period piece. Too, yeah. I mean, period. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's definitely tough when it like it has a loose connection at that point to the rest of the MCU. Uh, and so, yeah, no, I'm glad to hear you say that. And I, I totally get, though, the concept of I, I feel like if this was a show that took place in like the 90s, you know what I mean? Like maybe people could feel the connection. Yeah. But like being in the 40s, like that's a big enough jump where if you can't reference enough comic book material, people are going to be like, okay, what yeah. are we doing here? What are we doing? You know? And they could have um, been a lot cheesier with the with the references, but they mm-hmm. didn't. They they actually wanted to make a, a good show, and right. that was it. Was a tough a tough line for them to walk because I mean I think they made the correct decision. I agree. It's just yeah. that like you know I don't know. I, I would have loved to split the split the split time the between Agents of Carter, a, Agents of Shield, and Agent right, Carter. And Agent Carter. Like split them into like four season shows. Oh, so true. I love uh, Agents of Shield. Yeah, but I did feel like it went a little too long, which is which is tough because I I still also wanted more. But it's like I don't know. It just felt like there was nowhere for it to go. At yeah. the same time, it's a whole it's a whole you know conflict of uh, of thoughts there. Yeah. But now that I know that, I was just so curious because I was like, you know, this is such an out there show compared to everything else that's yeah. like you know i know we've talked about it, but it's like we should really know yeah uh, where everyone's coming from on this one for sure uh okay so back to the summary agent carter season two episode six starting at seven minutes and six seconds and ending at 39 minutes and 11 seconds underwood dr wexford is here to conduct your psych evaluation Dottie dejectedly says show him in but when she sees it's Peggy, she sits up and smiles. Hello, Dr. Wexford. Once alone, Dottie notes that Peggy is hurt. Really hurt. Peggy notes that Russia and Leviathan have not contacted about her. Dottie is showing her surprised face, which is, of course, nothing. Peggy mentions that this cell is her home for the foreseeable future and should perhaps decorate. Dottie retorts that six walls are not enough to contain her. Six... We're in a cube, Peggy. Try to keep up. Ooh, good luck. Dummy. <laughs> Did you say yummy? I said dummy. Oh, I thought you said yummy, and I was like, I mean, fair assessment of the, the line. The banter's tasty, but like... Yeah, that was, yeah. I, was, I don't think I've ever heard you say yummy, which I was like, that's taking me out of it. Okay, <laughs> uh, back into it, though. Peggy and Dottie talk candidly. They almost seem friendly. But then Dottie shows that she is wise to Peggy's behavior. She knows that Carter needs her help. Back at the lab, Jason is instructing Anna, gently thread the wire around the base conductor to generate the magnetic field. Mm, Science. He then gives her high praise for her work. She mentions detail is essential to both science and art. Precision is key. Jason is on edge, but Anna is calm and has faith in Peggy. But Jason's like, well, I don't know what you mean. I mean, it's such a dangerous mission and there's no backup. And he just keeps going on and on and on. As Anna just sort of slowly starts to kind of break a little bit. Jarvis runs by, you know, looking for, you know, his his cufflinks and everything. And he's so excited to be leading a mission and being in the thick of the action. 
That's when Anna drops what she had just been working on, breaking it, and excuses herself. What I do love is how much Jarvis is like, oh, good heavens. Well, yeah. What could that possibly be about? And he's like, dog, you just talked about how much danger you're going to be in. What are you doing? Yeah. Uh, in the cell, Peggy presses Dottie for info on the pin she stole. Dottie plays coy, but does mention maybe that pin unlocks the secrets to every major decision made in this cesspool of a country. Red for filth. Uh, Peggy R-E-D. says that they both want something from the men who wear the pins. She's breaking Dottie out to help if Dottie gets her what she needs. Peggy says she knows Dottie will run and she's prepared for it. Dottie counters and mentions that she'll never be fully prepared for her. Peggy leaves her with a single magnetic tool and tells her to follow the trail of guards on the way out, or to get, to get out, and to go right once she is outside. Putting that tool against the door, Dottie unlocks her own door and follows that trail of knocked out guards until she's outside. I want to mention how cool that tool thing is, though. Yeah, that that scene is like, oh, so good. She also does uh, try to see if she can pull a gun off one of the guards and finds the gun's gone. She's like, oh, come on. Yeah. You're no fun. Um, so Dottie gets outside, and of course, instead of turning right, she goes left and is immediately caught in a net. You think this would stop me? Sousa says, no, but I thought this might, and sends a shock through the net. Peggy hits it once more for good measure. <laughs> Uh, once again, I just got to note, Sousa and California just agree Ooh, with each other yeah, so much. For sure. That scene, the way he's just so casually holding that gun and then flipping the switch, I'm like, oh, yes, Sousa. That's what I want more <laughs> of. Um, so Dottie awakens to find herself uh, being done up for the evening. Uh, there's a great little bit of, you know, there's like a hair, uh, what, what do you call that? Like, a, it's like a dryer, but like, it's like a styling thing. You know what I mean? Like the the big over the head top one, and it's and you know Peggy is talking. She's like, I can't hear you. Oh right, she turns it off. They start to talk, uh, and uh, Carter then gives her the details on the choker that has a tracking device in it, and how there's also a neurotoxin in it uh, to you know kill her within thirty five seconds if she acts out. It's neurotoxin in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's good. Uh, there's then a great scene of Jarvis wanting a weapon and why he can't have one, concluding with a game of charades as Do- uh, Dottie watches on in somewhat enthusiasm. It is one of the most weird moments considering yeah. how we were just talking about how they don't go over the top. Jarvis in that scene is just hamming it up. And it's a little bit like, what happened with this yeah. take? Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's a, like they're like ad lib and he's like, I will. Like, <laughs> he's like, Ooh. you've not seen a game of charades quite like, sorry, charades quite like this. And they're like, just, you know, calm it down a little bit. And he's like, I will not. Anyway, it's good stuff, though. Yeah. Uh, it, mm. They finally give Dottie her mission of targeting Whitney Frost and using advice made by Wilkes to take her blood in under one second. She's given a radio, and as Wilkes leaves, she goes to you know touch him because she was told not to, and she notices that her hand goes right through him, kind of spooking her a little bit. Uh, Jarvis and Dottie are then immediately in the field. I mean, it's like it's not quite a smash cut, but it's close to it. Um, and they're making notes on their targets while dancing on the floor when Dottie notices Jack Thompson. Jack Thompson is rubbing elbows with Frost, Chadwick, and Masters while the team refocuses their strategy. Dottie offers that she could just kill him. Carter and Sousa say simultaneously, do, do not, not kill, kill him. him. Uh, sorry, here, let's do it one more time, James. You'll do Sousa, I'll do Carter. Ready? Uh, one, two, three. 
do not, not kill him. him. I oh, said it the same. Person. I don't know. Okay. That's yeah, fine. Um, <laughs> oh, come on. It'll be quick. Jarvis begins panicking, but they are told they must continue with the objective. Jarvis turns to Dottie to find that she is gone. Masters is telling Thompson about all the influential people in the room as Dottie secretly approaches, and Jarvis quickly yanks her away as Master, as Masters sorry, tells Thompson that all of these influential folks are beginning to know his name and then introduces him to Hugh Jones of Roxxon. Hugh and Vernon let him know that Peggy stole nuclear materials from Roxxon, and Masters tells him that he needs to get Peggy in line and stop her from disobeying his orders, and insinuates that he won't be important anymore or needed if he can't get her in order. Jarvis rallies the troops, or so he believes, and sends Dottie after Frost. Thompson is at the bar ordering whiskey up to here, and he is actually conveniently distracted by a tall glass of water until Jarvis inserts himself to be a new nuisance and distraction, which actually just simply tips him off. Jarvis and Thompson get into some words about who is really the one to be looking out for, and Thompson believes that Jarvis is full of it. But Jarvis does leave the conversation by telling him that Thompson is out of his depth, and these waters are full of sharks. In the bathroom, Frost and Underwood bump into each other, and the sample has been obtained. Susa makes contact, but they find that she's immediately left her radio behind. Dottie is now snooping and hears men coming, so she hides in a cabinet as the elite meet. They ask Chadwick about the emergency meeting, but it's actually for Whitney. She talks about zero matter and its importance, but elects to show them, instead of describing it. They all watch her absorb a lab rat. Uh, Pinky or the brain, no one's quite sure, uh, but they all seem horrified still. And remain calm. Thank you for bringing this to our attention. I think we're all in agreement on how to proceed. Everyone nods, and she seems so proud when they suddenly slip nooses on her and effectively just start choking her out. Uh, but she uses the zero matter without touching them and absorbs the guards. She then kills half of the people in the meeting, leaving the ones that she finds useful to her. Chadwick begs for his life, but her trust and frustration are at an end, and she kills him too. She then addresses the remaining ones, telling them that she'll bring them unlimited power. Mr. Jones butters her up and names her the new leader. Jarvis is looking for Dottie, outside. Carter goes to look for them, but her stitches reopen as she's clearly been doing too much. Which, God, that is so true. How this hasn't happened before is beyond me. They were like, hey, had literally, she's been stabbed all the way through. Yeah. And they're like, you need to be bedridden for like weeks. And like two days later, she's literally like running and it's like, stop. Right. Um, but anyway, so she and Sousa connect on the, oh, it hurts when your body quits on you, doesn't it? And Sousa reminds her that sometimes you have to put faith in others to get things done. Dottie emerges from the cabinet with a whole bunch of new information and now a small vial of zero matter. Yikes, a Rooney. Uh, she runs into Vernon Masters, who orders goons to bring her in alive. Jarvis is still searching for her when he overhears Carter and Sousa talk about how Violet broke off the engagement. And they finally talk about the elephant that's been in the room since she arrived in California. They share a brief moment where it seems like they might finally kiss. Ooh. When suddenly there's a large impact on the van. It's an agent of Vernon Masters who has been sent out the window by Dottie Underwood above. Dottie hits a classic Black Widow pose and Thompson knocks her out and the vial is left by the window. We're almost through the thick of it, folks. Don't worry. 
Jarvis comes out upset about the vial, uh, but does uh, I I didn't put this in, but I do need to note that he's upset. He's like, oh my god, oh good heavens, there's a dead man, uh, or I think he says, who is that dead man or somewhere like there? Yeah. It's good. Um, he's he's so all over the place with it. It's lovely. Uh, they know Dottie is in the wind, and the party is ending, so they must regroup at Starks in the hotel. All that remains is Hugh Hugh Jones, sorry, uh, Vernon Masters, and Jack Thompson. Um, Masters and Tom, um, sorry, Masters and Jones are talking about what happened in the meeting. Masters says it's all a bit much, and he needs a minute to process it. Whitney Frost, mm-hmm. And there's no room for pushback. She's calling the shots now. Masters then approaches Thompson. Nice work, son. Thank you, sir. Cleaning up your mess. Oh, classic. And the two begin to bicker about whether the fiasco is all because of Carter or not. Thompson does push back for once and asks if it is Carter, why would she do it? What's the angle? Good. Good questioning, Thompson. You're finally putting on your big boy pants again. Uh, But Masters tells him to take her out. Thompson won't kill her. Masters says that killing her isn't the answer. It's wrong, morally and strategically. Interesting that he is morally against it. Uh, Killing her makes her a martyr. He has to destroy the very idea of her. Discredit, disgrace, and subdue Agent Carter so that all this misguided work she's done becomes unquestionably misguided. Not misguided, sorry. Uh, I wrote the word misguided twice. I don't know what word is supposed to be there. Unquestionably... Crappy. Just... I guess uh, invalid maybe is the word maybe Um, Thompson says that that would be a problem. He realizes that that means that Carter has something on him and tells him that he needs to find dirt on her. He's told that if he can't take her out, then maybe he's not suited for high command on the government. Thompson swears it won't be an issue. Okay. Lots happening there. Mark thoughts. Oh gosh. It is invalid. Invalid is, is, the, word. is the word invalid. Yeah. Okay. What was your favorite scene? Yeah. Sorry. I realized that's a loaded question to be like, hey, you just heard 20 minutes describing 40 minutes. Talk. You know, guitar that's solo, what? go. Yeah. And I haven't had I haven't had one lesson yet. This is gonna be fun. Um so I it may be because Silence of the Lambs is one of my favorite movies. Mm-hmm. Um but the whole uh, the whole yummy first scene, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I that was a lot of fun for me. What if what if what if Hannibal Lecter was hot? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Bold of you to assume that he's not James. I mean, like, I'm kidding. No, fair no, enough. I, no, I, I mean, I, fair, no, I, I stand corrected. That's fair enough. <laughs> he's more uh, he's more dapper than hot. I would, I would say. agree. Yes, I would agree. Maybe. Um, charismatic charism love that movie yeah that's a great movie yeah no for sure like the uh i mean then she well okay i agree i love the banter i i'm getting lost in the like in in, in sense of the lambs he's like mocking and mimicking her accent and stuff to like yeah do stuff and she's just like ooh, a worthy playmate let's all right let's go let's let's talk let's you know needle each other and stuff yeah funny that you mentioned needles because that's exactly what whitney nope what dotty has to do to whitney exactly exactly Mm -hmm. i think this is the best uh the best clip 
in the season, if not the the whole show. Really? Yep. The, like I don't that know. scene or this this full? No, this the, full... the full thing that we're covering tonight with Mark, I uh, think, is the oh. best that this show gets. All right. I would like to hear more. I mean, I think Bridget Regan, I think she's just on fire in this episode. She like She's so quick. She's so, like, her facial expressions are so, like, like she goes from disdain to, like, oh, Peggy's here. Oh, I've tricked her. Oh, I haven't tricked her. You know, uh, all my notes were just lines by her. Good, she's awake, Miss Underwood. Jeeves. She calls him Jeeves throughout the entire time. Uh, It's just, I just love, I love Dottie Underwood as a character. And this is, like, this is like a comic book entirely devoted to her. Like she gets to be the star of this one and you get to see her, you know, be a villain, be uh, a hero, be sort of a, you know, in between, like, is she Han Solo? Is she someone else? Mara Jade, (laughs) you know, Mara Jade. Now I ain't going to lie to you. The boy is done and messed up. They went off on a tangent and just derailed the entire show. Let's get back on track, shall we? Tangents. Um, okay, so, but you also get to see her sort of um, see that, that there's bigger, you know, bigger stuff than her. And like, what the hell is this that I'm just, like, the acting she does from behind those, like, classic, like, wicker circle like the the blinds of the closet the acting mm-hmm. that she does with like one eye and like her nose is just fantastic she's like holy crap what she keeps eating people she keeps the, there's a whole bunch of people that just got eaten and then she i just think i mean it's for me it comes down to the sheer amount of Dottie and how well she's used i guess is is what i really like about it and then she gets to interact with Carter and Jarvis who I would say are the two most versatile, like they can do both serious and funny. And with the one exception of, of Jarvis's pantomime during the, that one thing, which I think is actually maybe the lowest point of a high point scene, if not more than that. I didn't, I I saw that tonight today when I was watching it again, I was like, right. They did that. But otherwise they are just really, really good (laughs) And watching them, watching like really good actors play off of each other is really fun. So that's that's my answer to the question that Mark didn't ask when he was trying to answer the question that Colin did ask. Wait, I'm I'm I feel like I took over your answer. Is oh, what I'm oh, saying. Okay. <laughs> no, that was that was much more uh, uh, eloquent with several concrete examples than yeah, than than anything that was popping into my head. I what you were saying about the acting behind the wicker screen. I always love moments where you have these inscrutable yet charismatic characters who, whose self-confidence is just off the charts. And they, there's a moment where they're like, holy crap. And, and like something that they don't know what to make of. That's always fun to see an actor play. Harrison Ford, I think that's why I have Han Solo on the mind, is that both as Indiana Jones and Han Solo has had moments where he's like, oh, this is, this is too much. This is, a right. you know, like when he runs down the, the down the hallway and then <laughs> yeah, runs and back, then, like. <laughs> I mean, it's, I mean, you know, running into Darth Vader yeah. in the, 
I mean, he still is like, Bleh! like it's like yeah. when he shoots, it's not with confidence. <laughs> you know, that is like, a, oh God, you know, it's like you are, you've yeah. been startled, you know? Yeah. Um, and then most of Indiana Jones is him. Oh, not so believing, Coming in confident and not believing. <laughs> it reminds me very much of Rear Window too, right? Like, I feel Rear like Rondo that was too? kind of. Rear window, T O O, which is crazy that they named it that. No, um, no, but uh, <laughs> the fact that like I feel like that was the, f- to me at least, if it's not the first, it is one of the maybe the first time I feel like it was a definitive thing of like having acting of like a of a big emotional scene or whatever, where basically someone is completely just, you know, trapped in one spot and like quite literally like helpless to watch the i mean you know like right as i think that the difference here is that you know she can't out loud go holy shit right because then they go why is the cabinet talking right <laughs> for him he can be like get out of there but like no one can hear him so it's right. like it doesn't matter it's like that it's that completely helpless moment but like she is so good at the the slow creepy smile the way that when she opens that vial and recognizes that it has the zero matter in it instead of like actual blood, the yeah. way that she just, yeah, that, I'm doing like a very visual Cheshire thing, cat, but just like Grinch very Cheshire smile. cat. Yeah. Something that I truly, truly love about this show is times where Jarvis gets to be reactionary only. Yeah. Right. When Jarvis has been like complaining about having to climb up the steps and try and find her, but like they accidentally leave the radio on the way he like hugs the wall and stops. And it's like, <gasps> right, like, <laughs> like, it's like, he's watching like, you know, housewives of, you know, yeah. Of real housewives California. of the van outside. Yeah. Real housewives of SSR. Right. He's like, <gasps> the way he's like, Oh, 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 oh. like he doesn't say it, but you know that he's like delectable, you know, like he's, <laughs> He's excited about that moment. Like it's, he does like the hot goss and like yeah. the moment the where he's like, oh he's yeah, British. it's very good. Yeah. Oh, you know, hey, that's a good point. He is like, oh, the tea. Yes, very good. <laughs> I, I also I would like to point out, I think you said Real Housewives of the SSRI, which- I think he said SSR right. Oh, right. Yes. I thought, yeah, I thought maybe it was some kind of joke. Inside about, out, about like, yeah. Housewives- taking antidepressants or something like no, that. No, no, like no, that. no, no. <laughs> Although, boy, wouldn't that be... I just pictured Listen. a reality show like Inside Out, but it's all like, you know, the SSRI interactions and like... <laughs> this episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Um, we're, we're not actually sponsored, but hey, BetterHelp, listen, I'll send you the advice. You know what I I realized when uh, you were describing uh, the, the scene where um, she eats all those people? Okay, yeah. Um, it's Carrie. It's exactly Ooh. Carrie. And to down to, except for what if Carrie and you didn't see any of the stuff leading up to her getting the pig's blood. You just saw her winning and you see everyone clapping and smiling. And even the people that were so mean to her are clapping and smiling. And then all of a sudden she gets pig's blood. And then all of a sudden they, they're, they're fucking dead. Like, it feels the same. Because she's like, oh... I'm just so glad that I get to be able to be this, you know, science nerd in front of all these other like titans of industry and I can do it. We can do, you know, we've got power, right. we got takeover and no one is taking her seriously. Everything she says that's m- the more and more Dr. Doomy is like 
Okay. I'm sorry. Dr. Doomy just now sounded that really, really yeah. is funny. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Not um, Dr. Do Doomy. Right. It's right. It's doom. Dr. Doom. Like doomish. Right. Exactly. Doomishian. I think is the word yeah. you're looking yeah, for. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Victorian, Vonian, Would that be if you're connotating it like, no, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> um, but like every every bit that she says that she thinks are good points that like, she's like, ah, I'm playing with, you know, playing amongst the men now. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm making my play for power. Each thing she says, they're like, yeah, we are going to kill her. We're gonna kill her so good. She's gonna be so killed. Like, we gotta take her out. She is fucking insane. And like, that's so sad because she's so eager. And, uh, you know, once again, Whitney Frost, I, I reluctantly am, am relating to her a lot and uh, it sucks. But, you know, also so do men. So you want to absorb your enemies is what you're saying. Want to and have done already are two different uh, different things, Mark. Okay, Katamari then. Uh, <laughs> listen, um, oh, Dumasi. There's, there's the... Uh, yeah. The yeah. Doctor Doom, Doctor Doom. Uh, so, okay, here's the, the 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 thing about that scene to me that is fascinating, right? Um, is that I feel like it has many like different, uh, almost connotations of the same thought process, right? Both yeah. from like an actual power standpoint, but then also just like a standard, maybe of for lack of a better term, like like societal standard, right? Mm-hmm. So. And it's still an issue today, right? Men typically, again, not all, right? This is that situation of if you find yourself being insulted by this, that might mean that you're part of the problem, right? Uh, men typically are threatened by or upset by women being in power, right? Or women having power. They don't want that, right? They want the sort of the 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 status that they have, right? They don't want to potentially have to give any of it up, and so. At first glance, right, the concept of her being allowed to be a voice and seat at the table means it is no longer, you know, the boys club, right? right? It is, you know, they now have to share this spot with a woman who, you know, again, kind of also like other scenes in Agent Carter where they can't see her as anything other than a woman, even right. though she is smarter than everybody in that room, like combined, right. you know? Right. So there's, so there's, there's that aspect of it. Yeah. Calvin also obviously told them the situation going into it. So yeah. there is also a little bit of a thing of them being like, okay, surely Chadwick is just sort of spouting nonsense. There's no way this woman, okay, holy shit, she can. That's actually fucking terrifying. And the way they're like, you can see their looks when they're like, okay, we know how to deal with this, right? Because like now it is actually, we're scared of a woman with power but like right. not because of like a status thing it's like a you're dangerous dangerous yeah. you know we will treat you like a crocodile with our, with our <laughs> i mean that's sticks. not wrong <laughs> it's so true yeah and it, it but it also shows like how that stuff evolves too right because yep. they are using the information that they have and to them that's a brilliant plan right don't let her touch you and they should be fine because everything they've seen so far has been you know, her yeah. power touch. I mean, she, you know, grabs, right. you know, the brain there and just, and he's like, he's like, I'm pondering that I'm going to die. Um, right. I'm pondering death. And, uh, you know, point. Uh, so that's brain, pink game. Uh, but 
you know, like it, it's that moment and they're like, oh, we got this. And then she's like, cool. What if I actually just could yeah. projectile zero matter? Right. And they're like, ha, 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 oh no. And you know, she's leveled up. Yeah. Without telling them. Like, it, it's like she, she was presenting a depowered version. I don't think as a test, because I think she was complete. I think she completely fell for the trap. It's just that they had trapped a nuclear missile in their like uh, lightning bug jar. The problem and- was, is she wasn't trapped in there with them. Mm. They were trapped in there with her. I like you know? that, Colin. Yeah. That's a very good thing that you've thought of. Mm. What is that from? That's, That's from, from Watchmen. Watchmen. Right, right. Yeah. Great. That's a great like sequence and, you know, for the movie scene, but like it's a whew, what a doozy. That might to me, that might be the best part of that whole thing. Mm. Anyway, um yeah, I don't know. It, it is a it is a good clip or it's weird to call this a clip when it's yeah. you know most of the episode but i mean it is truly it's a good day today was a good day yeah it was <laughs> that's, that's a good point daddy didn't um, even get to use an ak okay that's an ice cube reference but he did I he did get a triple it. double that's true so okay mark uh i'm gonna ask this question to you again because right. i think that james and i have done that thing where we ask a question and then we both end up just answering it uh, That's right, Colin. And so the guest. Uh, so, uh, I mean, you you did obviously get a moment. I'm not you know discounting that either. I obviously have heard you talk, but uh, Mark, tell us a little bit more about your thoughts on uh, the scenes in question here. I'm a big fan of Kurtwood Smith. Yep, mm. and um, mm-hmm. he's that kind of dependable character actor who can just come in, like hit his mark. And give you exactly what you want in one take. That's my that's my headcanon of Kurtwood Smith. Yeah. So um I he's he's a great part of the tapestry of this episode. Totally, totally. There's a lot of sort of noir influence. I mean, obviously because of the time period it's set, but like I feel like Kurtwood Smith and Bridget Regan and you know a lot and like Enver G, let's call him, and you know everyone in this are taking a lot of notes from like noiry detective stuff. And I wonder if you, if, if there's anything about like Kurt Smith's performance or anyone else's performance that, that resonates with you in that way. Cause I, it occurs to me thinking about Kurt Smith, he sort of has that old school villain of like, here I am. I'm evil. I might have a smile on my face, but I'm saying some messed up stuff. Dumbass. There's sort of there's sort of a <laughs> I, I guess a little bit of that where it's Chad Michael Murray, right? Correct. Mm-hmm. Sam Squared. He there's almost a little bit of uh, detective and um, suspect energy in that scene. Not mm-hmm. that not I mean that's not a direct one to one with those two characters. It's but right. he's sort of like kind of in the hard boiled defensive position right and kurtwood smith is this kind of older wise uh well-positioned statesman who is putting on a big show for him and yeah and what's interesting for uh cmm's character mm-hmm. who again i'm sorry i'm horrible with names and it's been so long since i've seen jack him. thompson yes jack thompson um no relation to flash uh, i n- unknown okay Probably not. Although headcanon is universe. now, um, maybe. 
I guess it wouldn't have been then. But oh wait, no, no, sorry, For, sorry. I I guess it is the same universe, huh? I mean, I guess it depends on who you ask. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah. If you ask us, it absolutely is. Right, correct. Yeah, same. Because Peggy fought in the war with Marita, whose descendant taught True. at oh, Midtown shit. High School. Actually, now I feel like it definitely could be. Oh, that's so good, actually. Could he be related now that I think about it? I mean, he could be. Maybe he gets his coloring from his maternal side. Oh, no, I meant more of... Well, no, we'll, we'll get to it. Don't okay. worry. Oh, I mean, you know, who knows? <laughs> who knows? That's a great vague thing there of uh, we know something that the audience doesn't yet. But, uh, you know, he could be related that he knows of, <laughs> you know, like because it could be like he had. Sure. Illegitimate children or whatever. <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff. Classic timeline scavengers. Let's just talk about illegitimate kids anyway sorry we were, where were we no relation that we know of right did i derail you um no Chuck I, michael I think, murray's performance and and as jack thompson no, i i think i i was saying like i don't know that that felt like that felt like uh it could be i don't know there's a little bit of mike hammer mm-hmm. kind of mickey spillane energy in there absolutely uh, Mike Hammer is going to come up in Avengers Ensemble. I'm glad you brought him up. In today's? Yep. That's awesome. I'm glad you brought him up now because I definitely was writing it down, thinking about how quickly I was going to have to say that that's an old character name and not just a bad character name. Because now if you made a character named Mike Hammer nowadays, it would be either a reference, of course, but like, or it would be like, all right, he's, you know, brawny, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's so it's funny. The I guess the most famous film noir with the Mike Hammer character is uh Kiss Me Deadly. Mm. Which great song. The the um I guess I guess you call it the MacGuffin in that movie is I mean it's basically an atomic age film noir where wow, the the, okay. th- the thing oh. everyone is after is this box of uranium. Whoa, and it, that's exactly dude, that's what, what everyone's is. after in this one. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> and it and like if and it glows when you open it. So it's so, like the whole thing in Pulp Fiction where right, yeah. when they open Marcellus Wallace's suitcase, he probably took that from Kiss Me Deadly. You think you'd seen that movie? <laughs> <laughs> See, it's funny because because he's he's seen so, it. yeah he's seen every movie. Yeah, what a cutie. Um, that's uh, cutie. QT? Oh, QT okay, yeah. On, on the QT, yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's I don't yeah. know. Okay. No, yeah. Okay. I think we I think we got it. Yep. Um <laughs> I that's so cool. That's so cool. So I wonder if I wonder how much this show was being Kiss Me Deadly. Or like taking reference from it. It could have been. Uh I honestly Kiss Me Deadly is one of the rougher film films noir because uh-huh. it, it's not it, it doesn't have like this the the flowery voiceover or uh a lot of like the costume design and it's right it's a it's a lot more hard edge like basically the opening scene is cloris leachman being tortured and oh yeah it's so so i i would say like they're they're probably looking more towards stuff like the big sleep mm-hmm. um 
with Bogart as Sam Spade in his tailored suit and fedora and right. James, I yeah. know you've got some Avengers ensemble. I also have I a question. Okay. Um, which I think I'm going to leave to the end. I think that this is a good leave it leaving the the show question. Yeah, my my uh my I have two longs, two shorts, and uh, a thing that I did do something that is an Avengers ensemble. Let me just get that out of the way because I forgot I that I had that taken. You did the, do. Um. Uh, I was wondering if the neurotoxin thing on the choker was a uh, fake oh, up real? because uh, in the past she has done that with uh, malaria and like whatever. Right. But I was looking in the van and they have very clearly labeled. I like to think that Anna Jarvis was in there labeling switches and stuff. Cause that seems like a thing she'd do um, kill switch. So, I mean, there's no reason to label something kill switch if it's a bluff. I guess unless Dottie came in the van, I guess that's a possibility. They didn't show her in the van, so we can't assume that she did. So I think that it, that it actually was hooked up to to kill her if uh, if necessary. It comes up. It, it comes does up. come up later. Yeah, later. yeah. But uh, so yeah, I can do an Avengers ensemble, and then you can take us out with a uh, guest gym. Perfect. Cool. Avengers ensemble. All right. Uh, we have a couple of uh, named people, um, and but we're going to start off with someone who isn't named. Uh, guard, the guard at the beginning that uh, Colin kicked off the episode uh, doing an impersonation of, uh, is played by a guy named Josh Later. Um, and by um, <laughs> he was on one episode of The Rookie, one episode of American Horror Stories, one episode of American Horror Story, the prequel, one episode of Bones. One episode of Castle, one episode of Justified, two episodes of Criminal Minds, one episode of Dollhouse, and one episode of Sons of Anarchy. Oh, I was really, I was really waiting for for it. Damn it! Kept scrolling, kept scrolling, but nope. Once you get to Dollhouse, it's uh, it's uh, pretty mentalist. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, you once you're in Dollhouse, you know you've gone yep. too far. Um, Mortimer Hayes, uh, okay. who is the uh, newspaper mogul that uh, is introduced in this episode, and uh, then not killed. Mortimer Hayes does sound like a character that Jerry Lewis would play, but this is actually a character played by an actor, not a politician, named John Kerry. Spelled the same. I wrote Mortimer Hayes dash John Kerry dash not that one. That was the 2004 is that Democratic. Is IMDb link? Yeah, it's not like really. IMDb.com slash John Kerry dash not that one. Not that one, exactly. And then there was that one where it's just a link to his uh, webpage. Yeah. He's him. He's him. Um, he was in The Unquiet Dead, which is apparently a short. I thought it was something more, but it's not. But it is a cool title and it sounds comic booky. Uh, he was in one episode of The Rookie. This episode brought to you by The Rookie. Uh, one episode of Criminal Minds. One episode of Leverage. Uh, he was in a movie called A Cabin in Time, which I've never heard of, but does sound like something that I would very much love. Same. He was on one episode of Murder, She Wrote. One episode of The New Mike Hammer. Uh, which is the Mike Hammer thing. Um, in the 80s, noir was all the rage. Two episodes of The Fall Guy. He was an FBI agent in the uh, movie Sizzle, which is, uh, I can't believe they burned uh, the title Sizzle back in the 70s, and yet I can very <laughs> much believe it. Um, 
And then he was in two episodes of the TV show, The Misadventures of Sheriff Lobo, a television program I've only heard referenced on The Simpsons and did not realize that it was uh, a thing that people were actually in. Which doesn't make any sense, but that is the way that Simpsons references go. Uh, Two episodes of Chips, two episodes of BJ and the Bear, which is a cop show with a chimpanzee in it. Uh, Two episodes of The Rockford Files. Let's go back to BJ and the Bear. Um, Okay. It has a chimpanzee in it. Yes. Okay. I have two. I because the thing is, I've been waiting. I have a joke that I was going to tell at the end of this. Uh-huh. So I'm I, I'm gonna hold on to that for one more moment. Can I ask a question? Uh, hold Why on. Let me, called- let me hold on. Let me let me see if I can look something up real quick before you ask the question that I feel like you're going to ask because <laughs> it's really the only question that you could ask. Um, yeah. <laughs> wasn't wasn't BJ and the Bear a truck driver? Wasn't it? A, was it not? Wasn't it, it wasn't a. Was it a? T- it was a TV series version of Any Which Way But Loose, right? Or am it I, was am, every which way, but every loose. every um, every which way but loose. It was part of the CB radio and trucking craze, right? Uh, yeah, the nineteen seventy four to seventy six television series Moving On, the number one song Convoy, as well as the films White Line Fever, Smokey and the Bandit, Convoy, and Every Which Way But Loose. Okay, um, and uh, just real quick, the bear is the chimpanzee. BJ is not the chimpanzee. Okay, why is the chimp called the bear? I'll tell you, Colin, and it's because he's named after Bear Bryant, the famed football coach for the University of Alabama. (laughs) Okay, you you know, fine, sure. Okay, whatever. Southern people drive trucks, the 70s. Yeah, that's Um, good. Wait, hang on, before we move on, though. Okay, this was a joke that I was going to hold on to, but since we have stopped, I am going to find the first minute of the movie Sizzle. Yeah. And I'm gonna just publish that as a reel on Instagram and call it my sizzle reel. Perfect, okay, love it. Thank you. Perfect, absolutely. Thank yep. You. I've been. Yeah. Yep. That's all I wanted. Absolutely. Excellent job. And we on we go. Um, <laughs> thank you for bearing with me. Two episodes of The Rockford Files. One episode of Barnaby Jones. One episode of The Hardy Boys. Nancy Drew Mysteries. Uh, he was in Airport 77, which I believe is the inspiration for Airplane. Am I wrong about that? No. Kinda. It was in that. It was the CB radio and truckers, uh, similar like airport disaster movie craze. In in yeah. In a nutshell, I think it was inspired by that. But they bought the rights to a Dana Andrews movie called Zero Hour, Uh which was the exact plot they used for Airplane. Perfect. Which can't. Which was. Which is from the fifties. Right. So in that case, Zero Hour didn't matter. Zero matter. All right. He was in one episode of Police Woman. He was in one episode of SWAT, one episode of Beretta. Uh, He was Detective Mitchell in Dolomite. Uh, I didn't write down um, that he was um, the chief in a very, sounds like it was a send up of that kind of black exploitation movie in the 2000s called, like, I don't want to guess because guessing would be. A bad right. Well, there was thing. that would be a bad. There was black. There was black dynamite. That was it. Yeah, yeah. Black dynamite was the thing I was going to say, but I'm glad that um, someone else um, knew that too. Uh, he was in one episode of Kojak. He was in one episode of Hawaii Five O, playing a character named Dix Kerchival. Dix D I X maybe Dix uh, Kerchival or Kerchival. What year was this? Uh, the 70s. Yeah, it's definitely or late Dix. 60s. Could be, but but you have they a whole bunch of French in there. 
So it could be Deese. It's a Deese nickname. <laughs> uh, one episode of Canon and rounding it back out, he was in an episode of a 1960s television program called The Rookies, which is distinct Ooh. from The Rookie, which he has was in later in life. Um, moving on, the woman that hits on Jack Thompson at the bar using the you should smile more line to cheers from this guy yep. um, and is then interrupted by the most clowny uh, Jarvis face of all time that I sent to Colin in a in a movie that I took. You did? In a movie. Okay. In a movie yeah. I took. That's I shot what? a movie. Um, that's, a, that's a way to say it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I made a video for Colin and I sent it to him privately. Um and uh, her name is Melody. She has a name. They don't ever use it, but there it is. Uh, played by Haley McCarthy. And she was the only thing I saw that was sort of comic booky related. She was in three episodes of the originals, which I believe is based on a graphic novel or comic series, uh, only because uh, a, a guy that was on uh, Unabashedly Obsessed and was also a groomsman at my wedding and uh, hung out with Mark and stuff, Andy. Uh, once recommended the originals to me as a graphic novel, and it's been on my Amazon wish list since about oh. 2004. So, uh, sometimes uh, recommendations last decades, and I never uh, look at them. So, um, so <laughs> finally, uh, we always like to shout out people that definitely put themselves into IMDb. Uh, oh, hell yes. Playing gala guest is a woman named Easton Alexiev. She was also in one episode of Them, um, which is unrelated to the movie Us, and I find that absolutely baffling because it looks the same stylistically, and it's called Them instead of Us, and it's not related to the Ant movie either. She was in a movie called The Babysitter Killer Queen, which is also not related to Ants, and she was also in two episodes of Supergirl. Easton Alexiev, we salute you for... What was the babysitter one? The babysitter colon killer queen. Okay. I thought it was not though. I didn't think there was a colon there. I thought it was like the queen of babysitter killers kind of thing. The babysitter like, killer queen. Right. And <laughs> I was it. like, that rules. That, I was like, yeah. I'm into that. But like babysitter killer queen. You know I thought you were, um, I thought you were going to think that I said the babysitter killed the queen. Okay, that's, now another, that's, that's a different thing, too. That rules, too. Let me yeah. tell you. I would watch the hell out of that one. <laughs> don't, it? don't tell mom the babysitter killed the queen. Killed the queen, right. And then <laughs> the movie really has good. nothing to do with the babysitter killing the queen in any way. Yeah. It's more of a coming-of-age story. Um, <laughs> good ref. This is my time to shout out the, the Netflix television program Teenage Bounty Hunters, which uh, is a great show. And people that we've talked about on the on Time and Scavengers have been in it. It got shut down. Basically, I gathered for having a boring title, and I don't think Teenage Bounty Hunters is a boring title at all. I don't think so either. That tell, oh, whenever it was in Teenage Bounty Hunters, uh, oh, was Whitney oh, Frost. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's sick. Um, it's a great show, and you should go watch it. They're not going to bring it back because it was a footnote in Netflix history, but it's a great show. You should check that. I think the second Netflix makes a show, they just go, mm, "How quickly can we cancel this show?" Right. There are very few things that they've made that they've kept. Except that they've yeah, because like Cobra Kai, but that came from YouTube. So they're like, well, we're right. not going to get rid of. We're going to keep sticking it to YouTube season after season after season. But like they've only had it for what two seasons? Three, I think. I think they released oh, three, Netflix four, and five. I think so. Oh, 
Because it wasn't, it was only like one or two seasons that I felt like I needed to get my trial of YouTube read to, to watch sure. Cobra Kai. Sure. That's it for Avengers Ensemble. About as circuitous as you would have expected. Great. Okay. I have a guestion slash hostion. Ooh. This is a question that I could only ask the two of you. That's what it comes from nemesis. this show today. So. I need to know something here because you two know each other quite well, right? Yeah. So if you needed to, right? Like if, if this comes down to, let's say national security, what information or dirt do you have on each other that you could, um, discredit, disgrace and subdue the other one with? This feels like a Chuck Lorre question. In that you're, it's like an experiment in what what secrets will we tell on this podcast? Um, I will say caveat here: wait. don't actually say something that's like, for example, if you're like, "Hey, I know the other one broke a major law or whatever." Don't go <laughs> dance. This is just a, a moment to, if you want to give each other a light razzing, you know, you can. And more of this is a chance for Mark to give James one, since James always gives Mark one. Chuck Barris, please. Uh, that is embarrassing. Chuck Laurie did uh, I was, uh, Two and a Half Men and Big Bang Theory. Yeah, I was, I was Chuck like, Barris. I was like, why does that name sound so familiar? Yeah, I, Chuck yeah. Barris is the spy who uh, also created the dating game and the newlywed game. And uh, they were all, Interesting. he claimed them to be social experiments to get people to, how quickly will you rat out your new husband or wife? Like with like bedroom and bathroom secrets just on live television for money. And then he would assassinate people on the honeymoons. Anyways, um, that's neither here nor there. Or believable or not. Anyways, Mark, yeah, go ahead. What do you know on me? No, go ahead. It's fine. Uh, uh, I'm thinking... What do I know about you that could potentially embarrass you? I mean, I'm just. I mean, you're you're so walking, yeah. That walking, yeah. There, know, we there we go. Because kind of a yeah, like a thing. I would say yeah. yes. Thanks. And so, yeah, yeah. so I, I feel like mm -hmm. everything mm -hmm. is so out in the right. Um, yeah, you're just because I'm like Eminem and Eight Mile. Um, Mark, because I'm person, I would. I don't know. I guess I just wouldn't him in that way. Like I just, he feels nothing but time, and so I don't know. It's sort of like a, I sort of encourage him to not be embarrassed about any of his, and um, just be him. You know what I mean? So. Wow, I'm gonna have to censor both of those. I think. Um, I yeah I don't know if those ones can can hit the internet. That's wild. Um, that I mean, listen, I, I what's funny is I was half expecting it to be like a oh okay well thanks for coming on to the show see ya. Uh, but the fact that you two would just throw each other under the bus like that is wow. I mean, I guess I shouldn't be surprised, but also oof, it's gonna make editing fun for me. Let's head out west. Uh, yeah. James, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Let's head out west. I forgot that. Uh, that's the thing. That's me. 
Mark, do you have anything worth promoting right now? Uh, no, nothing. Yeah, I thought no, not. No, um, <laughs> again, I'm going to have to censor if you keep just throwing <laughs> each other like this. Let's see. Um, I will. Should I talk about Patreon or should I do a recommendation? Or just do a recommendation. Just I think oh, it's been recommendation? Okay. And it can be for something not on the network, too, if, if you feel like you've got someone you want to give a little shout out to. All right. Fine. I mean. That sounded like I was like, fine, I will. Um, no, but uh, I am going to, to uh, recommend something uh, from Mark that is technically on the Scavengers Network. Mark was on two episodes of Unabashedly Obsessed. Okay, yeah. And he did an excellent job. The fir- He doesn't think he did, but he did. The first episode was more of a get-to-know-Mark sort of hodgepodge early episode. The second episode, I have heard from listeners, was a very well done and well-rounded look at mental health for all three of us through the scope of of you know routines and and obsession uh, you know ocd stuff and and all sorts of stuff that i maintain is one of our best episodes of unabashedly obsessed so uh they're called uh high mark and high mark again or something um something very Aaron and cute like that uh but please go check them out uh on Unabashedly Obsessed, which is technically hosted through the Scavengers Network. Should any future episodes of Unabashedly Obsessed come out, they would be hosted by, they would be on the Scavengers Network. We have one episode on the Scavengers Network, and that's a good one too, but doesn't have Mark in it. And that's what we're talking about today. Sure. Mark. Well, that's, that's very sweet. I don't know what, yeah, I don't know what to say. I'm, I'm really, really, really uh, encouraging and engaging of your life and endeavors. Yeah, you are right now. Yes. Shut the fuck up. Jesus oh. Christ, guys. Okay, <laughs> listen. I, this is such a toxic environment right now. <laughs> my wife's going to poke her head in and tell me to be nice like she always does. <laughs> that's my that's my favorite part when, about our whole friendship. Yeah. Is like, I get in trouble with Kristen uh, <laughs> for being mean to Martin. <laughs> He's so mean to you. Yeah. Yeah, it does make me wonder why Mark is like, hey, I'd like to come back on your show. I'm always like, are you sure? I feel like it's just a toxic environment for you to step into. I need to clear the air on that real quick. Quick corrections. Uh, I always have to beg Mark to be on the show. And he's always like, yeah, I guess maybe we'll see. We'll see. And I'm like, please, bud, we'd love to have you on. And he's like, I don't know. I'll see what I'm doing. (laughs) I don't know what I'm going to be doing four months from now. Yeah, exactly. Hey, but can we have you on in a, in a little bit to be on some episodes uh, in the future? Yeah. Again, would you be on? Uh, I mean, I don't know. Depends on where he is. Can you like ship snacks to me? Then maybe. I love snacks. Yeah, I want them to be together. <laughs> the ship. It's a ship yeah, joke. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's a ship Jesus joke. Christ! Please do the outro. You know, there's always one quintessential James joke. In each yeah. episode I've been on, I think that's the yeah. one. Is that the one? That might be the, the tippy top, yes. All right, that's going to do it for us for this episode. Mark, thank you so much for being on the, the episode again. We made it again. We made it through to the end. <laughs> Great job. Um, but uh, we will see you next time for another episode. But it, Mark won't be on it. But as always, I will be on it. My name is James. I'm Colin. And I'm Mark. Uh, Do you want to give it any Did more oomph or no? Any, yeah, any kind of confidence. <laughs> sorry, that that was a James comment there. Sorry, sorry. <laughs>
No, I, I, I think that sums me up pretty well. Oh, great. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. Good, We good, thought good. that you'd want to have another swing at it. But no, 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 I think I, I think I nailed it. Hmm. Oh, all right, well, okay. all right. The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content.